This is State of the Nonprofits, a program of MSS. I'm your host and executive director of MSS, Autumn Vest. I'm excited today because in this episode, I'm joined by Saul Herrera, the director of Retired Senior Volunteer Program at Senior Life Midland. Welcome, Saul. Thank you for having me. Today, we're going to be talking about how the Retired Senior Volunteer Program, or RSVP, is partnering with other nonprofits to solve what seems to be a volunteer crisis in Midland. But before we dive into that, let's take a minute to give audio descriptions for our visually impaired listeners. I'm Autumn. I am five foot two. I have a brown pixie haircut. I'm wearing tortoise shell glasses that the older I get, I find I need more and more all the time. And today I am wearing all black with a bright turquoise sweater because I am ready for spring to set in. (laughs) Saul, how about you? Well, I too am five two, though you can't tell because I'm always sitting down. I'm in a wheelchair. I was born with cerebral palsy. I am wearing brown today and something warm. Just before we started recording, we were talking about achievements in our roles in the in our organizations. And I work at Senior Life Midland and have been for 30, almost 30 years now. So I'm sorry, did you say 32 years? Uh, almost 30. Almost 30 years. In March, it'll be 30. Wow, that is that really puts to shame a lot of what we can claim in this sector. <laughs> well done. Thank you. So I'm excited to talk to you. You've got a lot of experience in doing what you're doing. So tell me very first, foremost, what is RSVP and how does it work? Well, like you said, it's the retired and senior volunteer program. It is a federal program that's locally sponsored by Senior Life Midland and has been since 1994. The program itself is like a clearinghouse for volunteers. We work with local nonprofits here in Midland, Texas, providing volunteer support for them. We recruit persons 55 plus. Currently, our oldest volunteer is 97. We look at each and every one of them because they're all different to see what their skills uh, they have, what the available time any kind of experience that they may be able to share with a local nonprofit. And we try to match that up with their current needs. I did not realize that it was a federal program. Yes, it is. So how long has it been in Midland? 30 years. 30 years. Yes, ma'am. January 1st of 1994. And has it always fallen under the Senior Life Program? Yes. Awesome. So just kind of looking at what our nonprofits in our sector are facing, would you say that we are maybe facing a crisis in volunteerism or is it just changes that are happening that are kind of natural? Well, since the beginning, and I'm talking the 30 years, recruiting volunteers has always been the main priority of most of these nonprofits, those that are providing service to their clients. And there's always a shortage of volunteers, regardless of how well we do, because people do age out. And that's currently what we are going through at our agency is that volunteers that were serving 20 years ago, they were in their late 60s, 70s, 80s, and no longer with us. And so we do need to replenish those volunteers by recruiting younger folks. So it's been something of a struggle. And I do think at times it can become a crisis. So it's it's kind of interesting to me as I'm thinking about this while you're talking and not to put you on a spot, but in the last couple of years or five years or so, the conversation has really been about how the median age in Midland has dropped to something like 32 years old. Yes, 
that has to have created a major impact on your recruiting opportunities. It does. We've been discussing this for a year or so because it's it's been going that 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 direction. And while we, and I'm speaking of my coworker Valerie and I, are focusing on 55 plus, there are so many people, 32 to 55 or even their 20s, that would be incredible volunteers that perhaps we just aren't tapping into. If we go to a presentation somewhere and there happen to be younger volunteers, we still give them the same time. We just cannot count them on our program. Sure, that makes sense. But I appreciate that your awareness of yes. others who can fill the needs of the nonprofits is there as well. It's true because, like I mentioned, we work with, with 40 local nonprofits. So there may be a nonprofit that is such as, uh, let's just say, Habitat, Christmas in Action, where they rely on labor. And there may be some areas where an older volunteer just may not be able to provide some of the real hard labor and maybe a younger volunteer can do those things. So volunteers are are needed regardless of what age they're in. Absolutely. So tell me, you and I ran into each other at a at a meeting and the conversation came up that you had just met with one of the tenants in our building and yes. we're talking about how you could partner with them. And that's what really inspired me to invite you to come and join me on the podcast. As you're you're reaching out, you're meeting with these nonprofits. How are you cultivating the relationship between RSVP and a nonprofit like, say, for instance, SHARE? And that's a good topic because SHARE was the nonprofit that we met with. It's a wonderful organization. And we just wanted to find volunteers that would be qualified for them and be able to to serve the children that they serve as well as their their families. So we've been thinking a lot about how best to do this. And, you you know, regardless of all the tactics and things that you use, word of mouth is still going to be the most effective way of uh, recruiting volunteers. What better person than somebody who's actually doing it to advocate for that particular agency? So Valerie and I recruited three volunteers that have a general love for kids. Some are retired teachers and others are mentors that have been working in the schools. And we invited them to this meeting with SHARE and just allowed the the staff at SHARE to share what the needs were and how simple it really was to do what they were needing them to do. The ladies' eyes just blossomed because they originally thought it was a little more difficult. Mm. The staff invited them to go to one of their events to visualize it, to see it firsthand. And that right there is going to be a real win-win situation. Yeah, I think you made a comment that really resonates with me is that it's the word of mouth in recruiting that makes the difference. Relationship building really is what creates the opportunity for volunteerism. It's that I go and I'm passionate about X, Y, Z. And so I'm going to bring with me this person that I know. And then they experience my passion and that work and that, that mission space. And that can make all the difference in the world. It can. I mean, just during the meeting, the ladies were saying, oh, I know so-and-so. This person would be good. This person. Next thing you know, there was four or five names being tossed out as potential volunteers. See, and I think that's so important, too. Also, sometimes I think we 
can create our own barriers mm-hmm. by the way in which we talk about what we need volunteers for. And yes. We do by making it seem overcomplicated or frightening to the volunteer. Mm-hmm. They're they're less than willing to step in because they just don't know that they have the capacity or the skill set that you need. Exactly. For sure. So once you kind of get that connection going and you start recruiting those, you've got those names on the list. What does that look like? What's the next step for those agencies that want to partner? The next step is that we just need to do follow up. In fact, Valerie and I were just discussing that earlier. You know, we can present the names and it's on on their on their court mm-hmm. for them to make the the call or in the connection. This one particular volunteer told me, Saul, you gave me three names here of the potential agencies that I wanna volunteer for. I will volunteer for the one that calls me first because that's the one that needs me the most. That is a very good statement. Follow through is everything. Relationship is not one-sided. It has to be both the agency and the volunteer that show that there's need on both sides. Yes. The volunteer has a need. They have a need that they want to give back. They want to be a part of something in the community. And the agency has a need that they need that support. And communicating that is everything. And we all want to be needed. You know, it's, it's, makes you feel good. Yeah, it does. It does. I think that's really a, a great statement. I think it's something that we all forget sometimes is just the simple check-in and the yes. simple communication step. It may seem daunting, but it, it is truly the thing that gets us moving forward. It does. And you were also asking about those potential agencies that may want to partner with us. Mm-hmm. All they have to do is be a nonprofit, a 501c3 A healthcare organization such as a hospital or clinic also qualifies. They just have to have a need Mm -hmm. and be willing to complete a memorandum of understanding contract between our agency and theirs. So once you actually start and the RSVP volunteers are working with an agency, kind of what are the logistics of that? What does that relationship look like for an MOU? Well, the the MOU is about Oh, two and a half pages. And it just specifies what we are able to provide for them, which is recruitment, recognition, training. And on their part, they're going to provide job descriptions, orientation, any type of uh, special things that they might need for that particular job. And also turning in their volunteer time because volunteer hours is how our program exists. We need to show the feds, show the state, show our local representatives what these volunteers are doing and where they are serving. So it's just basically an understanding that while we're going to provide some volunteers for you, we also need some data and information in return. That seems like a reasonable request for (laughs) such a huge support program. Yes, ma'am. So how many active participants are part of the RSVP program today? Currently, we're about 470. There's your pool of volunteers, friends, 470. (laughs) So generally speaking, what are your volunteers interested in participating in? They're very different. I mentioned to you that we have a 97-year-old. We actually have two. And one works in our Meals on Wheels kitchen. He comes five days a week, every morning, and helps package meals. And then as soon as he leaves there on Thursdays, he goes over to the Midland Soup, I mean the West Texas Food Bank, and help stock food over there. Wow. The other gentleman works with local um, police officers 
doing the Citizen Salt Patrol program where they are uh, going around the city, finding all these violators that are parking in accessible parking and giving them a ticket. That's a fun job. It is. (laughs) Well, I love that. I mean, there's truly something for everybody and having your support and helping connect those dots, I think is huge. For me, volunteerism, I think we talked about it, is, is such a personal connection and it's really challenging to rely on print media or digital media to convey your needs, to have somebody who's out there advocating on your behalf can really go a long way. You know, it's hard to believe that volunteer programs and volunteers have become such a big part of my life. I received this job because I volunteered. I was working at the hospital back in 93, 94, And uh, there was a United Way presentation about Senior Life Midland. Back then it was community and senior services. And they were doing a presentation on the needs that they have and the volunteer jobs. And I thought, well, I can't deliver meals because I can't drive. I can't do handyman work. But I can do this program called Telephone Reassurance. It was a simple phone call to a client just to check on them, see how they're doing on a daily basis. And I did this for about a year and my client and I never met just over the phone. One day I went to work and I would always look at the census to see if there was somebody there that I knew. And there was my client in ICU Hmm. and she was in a coma. Oh, She later died about two or three days later, I believe. And I took a break because I... It impacted me quite a bit. So about six months later, I called back and I asked, well, I need another client. Well, we're not doing that program anymore. We're doing a new program called RSVP. I said, what is that? So she explained it to me. And I said, well, I'll sign up for that. She says, well, no, you have to be 55 and older. And I was like 32, 33 at that time. And I said, rats. She says, but I do need a coordinator. I can do that. You don't even know what it is. I said, it doesn't matter. I need a new job. I've been here and I'm not going anywhere. So I went and applied and got the job. That's Became a, a coordinator yeah. for about a year and a half. Then my director that hired me had a baby and did not return. Mm. The new ED offered me the position and here I am. There you go. That's, <laughs> I love that. That's a great, a great yeah. story. Thank you. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to do a little bit of a poll around our community to see how many people got into the work that we do in nonprofits because we volunteered. Exactly. That's a good point. I didn't get my specific job because I volunteered, but that's how I came to work in the nonprofit sectors. I was volunteering and realized, oh, hey, I could actually do that every day. Exactly. There's so much that lies in volunteerism. Yes. It, there's so many rewards for, for all sides of it. There are many rewards. And a lot of times uh, we do this because we really want to be a service to somebody. But it's a good feeling to go home and know that you did something real special for somebody. Yeah, absolutely. If a nonprofit is ready to reach out to you to connect about how they can get part of the RSVP program, what's the first thing they should do? Give us a call. Our number is 432-689-6693, Senior Life Midland. We currently are officing at the F. Murray Hall Outpatient Center, formerly the Miller Memorial West Campus. It's 4214 Andrews Highway. Our new building is just almost finished back on at 3301 Sinclair. 
those of you that have driven by, you can see that it's just a monster of a building and we're so excited, uh, but we're not there yet. So we're still at the, at the other facility. They can just call us or send me an email. It's S-H-E-R-R-E-R-A at SeniorLifeMidland.org. I will put the both the phone number and your email into our show notes to make that easy for our listeners. Sounds great. But I think this is a great opportunity. So I have one question for you, and you may have already answered it, but let's just double check. What's one piece of advice that you would give to nonprofits working to recruit and retain volunteers in 2024? Never lose sight on what each volunteer can provide because this is something that we are all guilty of. We see someone and we all, all of a sudden form just an assumption as to what they can do. Oh, he's a, he's a man. He could probably help us with, with labor stuff. And he may be a painter and we're losing the whole skill that he has. So really do some research, interview him well. And the other thing is thank them any way you can. We, we send uh, birthday cards, and they've been very successful. The volunteers love to get birthday cards, a handwritten thank you note, anything. It doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. But our program is based on recruiting and also thanking them. So we hold two recognition events a year just for that. And that's how you're going to retain somebody, especially if you follow through and you find out if they're still enjoying the job, if they're not what can we do to make them enjoy it better? Follow through, connection, yes. communication. Exactly. I like it. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate your time. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a real honor and a joy. Well, we love to tell stories of nonprofits working together to do something better for our community. And this is absolutely an example of that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to our episode. MSS is proud to be a partner with Pioneer Natural Resources. With Pioneer's partnership, we are working to create impact in our nonprofit community with programs like State of the Nonprofits, IT services, and more. State of the Nonprofits is a program of MSS produced in partnership with the Recording Library of West Texas. 